Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's like a scrubber, a sock sulfur, sock scrubber, and you you uh, create a shower of this amine solution uh, through the exhaust gas and through this physical contact between the uh, the the water, the solution, and the gas, the the amine will catch the CO2 out of the exhaust gas. We have different constraints on uh, when you're putting something on a ship compared to a to a land uh, on land you can build a tower that's 30 meters high you can't do that on a on a ship hello there you've probably heard about the technology known as carbon capture industrial co2 emissions are caught compressed and then either sequestered somewhere that they can't escape from like an old underground hydrocarbon reservoir or possibly reused in chemical or even, potentially, electrofuel production. It's a growing sector and one that the International Energy Agency says will be key to society meeting its decarbonisation goals, so there will be a significant demand for CO2 shipments if their predictions are accurate. Now while carbon capture plants are huge, there is now work underway to see if the systems can be reduced in size and then installed on ships to capture some of their CO2 emissions. This is The Aranax Show, a podcast about the technology and sustainability of the shipping, maritime and ocean space. I'm Craig Eason, owner of the Fathom World News and Information site, and in this episode of the podcast, we're looking at how to take complex large industrial technology and marinise it for shipboard use. CO2 capture is an established set of technologies in some industries, although the different ways the CO2 is captured varies depending on the industry it is currently used for. The issue with scaling a CO2 extraction solution for a ship is cost, efficiency and space on board. I know of three companies currently researching this to see if it may work, though there may be other companies too that I don't know about. The ones I know are Vatsila in Norway, Teco 2030 in Norway and Mitsubishi Shipbuilding in Japan. None of them know yet whether it will fully work, but the success of marinising sulphur dioxide scrubbing technology and enabling ships to meet the sulphur emission regulations points to the potential. There are a number of different processes for capturing CO2 from industrial emissions but one employs a similar method to the scrubber technology, namely that a liquid is sprayed through the exhaust to capture the specific pollutant, and then that liquid is subsequently cleaned, as Sigurd Jensen at Vatsila told me recently. The last few years we have been very busy with uh, with delivering scrubber projects, uh, but we have also uh, then come to the realisation that carbon capture technology has, uh, has matured, uh, so we have been around to various uh, land-based facilities and talked to various people uh, who are dealing with carbon capture on uh, on land. And, uh, and our conclusion from uh, all of this is that the, the technology is sufficiently mature to start bringing this onto, uh, onto ships as well. We have looked at different technologies, uh, be it uh, sort of uh, solvent-based scrubbing, membrane separation or, or cryogenic separation and, and we think there are key elements in, in all of these technologies but uh, but initially we will focus on a solvent-based uh, scrubbing process um, 
in part because that's uh, where most of the experience is on uh, on land and uh, also because we think we know a thing or two about scrubbing. We see that there are opportunities for us to take that land-based technology and convert it to, uh, to a ship. Um, we have different constraints on uh, when you're putting something on a ship compared to a, to a land. Uh, on land, you can build a tower that's 30 meters high. You can't do that on a, on a ship. But um, based on the experience that we have with, uh, with sock scrubbers and, and the know-how that we have around uh, the scrubbing technologies, we, uh, we see that we can uh, make it a little bit more compact and, uh, and more fit for use on the ships. So that is, um, is what we're going to do now, install uh, a test unit, so one megawatt uh, size in, uh, in our lab. It will still be land-based, but uh, it will mimic uh, a marine installation with both uh, sock scrubbers and we have SCRs and we have uh, a small uh, auxiliary engine running on uh, on HFO, so we can really get as close to being on the ship as uh, as possible. Um, and then we need to spend the next year or years playing around with uh, with the parameters, seeing how we can uh, what trade-offs we can make in uh, in uh, making this fit on uh, for shipboard installation. Jensen said that the technology that Vatsila will be looking at will use chemicals known as amines or amines on a ship. The amines are an ammonia derivative and are sprayed through the exhaust to catch the CO2. And it is a very similar process that Mitsubishi Shipbuilding is also looking at. My name is Kazuki Saiki and I am from a strategic planning and operation office of Mitsubishi Shipbuilding. And uh, I used to be an engineer and I was doing the uh, initial designs of, uh, let's say, uh, feeder LNG vessels or LNG bunkering vessels. Uh, back then, I was designing container ships and so on. But uh, last year, I was a project manager of this uh, CC Ocean project. This all conversations and uh, discussions over alternative fuels, uh, zero emissions and carbon capturing had started back in uh, 2018, where IMO decided this uh, very ambitious goal for IMO 2050, where we all have to uh, cut off 50% of entire um, uh, greenhouse gases from maritime sector. So uh, this is why we have started discussing over uh, alternative fuels such as hydrogen, ammonia, and synthetic fuels, biofuels. These have to be uh, carbon neutral. And along with that, we have an option of carbon capturing on board. And what really differentiates carbon capturing from the other alternative fuels is that it's a combination of feasible technology from land-based uh, industry. So, and uh, it is not that we are um, committed for onboard carbon capturing. We are also developing uh, ammonia fuel uh, fuel gas supply system. And also we're working on electrification of uh, smaller ships. But we do believe uh, there will be a worldwide CO2 supply chain. And so we think that this will be an option. The CC Ocean project that Mitsubishi is running is on a K-line vessel or will be on a K-line vessel on international trade in the Pacific Ocean. The project is being funded by the Japanese government and as well as Mitsubishi and K-Line, Class NK, the Japanese class society, is also involved. 
first of all, I have to confess that we're only collecting 0.1 ton per day of CO2. So this is just like 0.1% of entire emission from the ship. And we only have a carbon capturing plant, meaning that uh, we don't have liquefaction plant or storage tanks. So regretfully, uh, we have to, to um, return the captured CO2 back to the exhaust gas. So, so why are we doing this? Is that we want to confirm, even though this is a proven technology, there are the requirements from marine use, and we wanted to confirm the, the effect of marine environment to the performance of the carbon capturing. The effect that we're concerning is including that uh, ship motion and also the, the sulfur content. We know that the sulfur content in exhaust gas will deteriorate the performance of admin. And the third one is we need to confirm safe operation by crew. So the, these are the main purposes that we want to confirm through this uh, trial this year. Kazuki says that the development of onboard CCU will develop after the market for CO2 carriers and shipments of CO2 grows, something the IEA says will need to happen if the world is to reduce its greenhouse gas emissions sufficiently to meet its targets. We are very much aware that there has to be a, a port infrastructure where uh, to 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 uh, accept the the captured CO2 from the sea, but uh, we're being pretty much optimistic about it because the on the uh, land uh, oil and gas industry there are more and more needs for CCS and carbon capture and storage or EOR uh, enhanced oil recovery, and we we are also uh, getting many, many inquiries on liquefied CO2 carrier. So this is, this is another story. It's, it's not about the onboard carbon capturing, but simply carrying the, uh, the liquefied CO2. And this needs is coming from CCS. So we do believe that there will be a, a seaborne CO2 supply chain. So uh, we, what I am guessing is that the carbon capturing on board will come after the building of this uh, seaborne CO2 supply chain. So it, it, in, by, by that means we, we can just utilize the, the port infrastructure and we don't have to worry about what happens after bringing back to the port. Neither Mitsubishi nor Vatsala have been able to put a date on when shipping would be able to buy and install tested, approved and economically viable systems, but given the investment both companies are making, they are obviously confident that there would be demand should it work. The main target would be the existing fleet of vessels as owners either requirements that they will need to meet for the 2030 emission goals being laid out by the IMO. But this also relies on the IMO having taken into account carbon capture technology as a viable and equivalent emission reduction technology. The member states are currently finalising the requirements for the energy efficiency existing ship index and the carbon intensity indicator. These are the two regulatory tools that will be used to get owners to improve individual ship efficiency. 
But there isn't any scope at the moment for this abatement technology in the calculations, and for carbon capture on board to work, owners really do need to feel confident of the CCU technology and its ability to help them meet the regulatory requirements. I mean, on, on land, they are looking at capture rates in the high 90s. They're, they're researching how to go, to go from 99 to 99.5% capture rate. That's not what we are looking for in, uh, in shipping. We need to reduce the overall uh, greenhouse gas emissions. And if we can take out 70%, I mean, that is a huge step. Uh, and that aligns with the IMO targets as well. Uh, so I think that is our starting point, that we know that we're able to do quite a lot of good. We're not going to get to 100%, uh, at least not uh, in, the, in the near future. Eventually, that might be a possibility. But doing 70% now is going to do a lot of good. It's not without its challenges. Uh, it wouldn't be any fun otherwise. Um, but uh, yeah, um, there and, and for sure, there will be sacrifices that needs to be made. Um, uh, you will need to add a scrubber and a stripper and a, and a cooling and compression plant, and not least the, uh, the storage aspect. So uh, you will lose something in terms of space uh, or, or cargo capacity. Um, but we think that is a relatively minor uh, compromise uh, for the benefit that you would uh, would get. And, and to be fair, if you look at the uh, at the alternatives, there are compromises uh, that have to be made for those as well. So uh, it's this or, or that. So before we end, before you go, a request if you can share, subscribe and like this podcast. I put the show together in my own time because I've got a great interest in what's going on in the ocean industries. And if you have got to this part of the show, then you obviously do too. So get in touch if you want to talk to me about your ideas. And until the next time, goodbye.